Hey, this is Candia Raquel, founder of Centro de Poder, and you are at the Sensual Sessions podcast, the place to explore sensing pleasure through your senses, overcoming inhibition, and expressing yourself through movement. And today we have a very special guest. This is Irini Hara, and she's an expert in womb healing. Welcome, Irini. So happy to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm laughing because you use the word expert and I don't feel really as an expert, but thank you for this. <laughs> it's a very superlative definition of my work. Ah, <laughs> uh, That's my impression about, about your work and your doing. And I feel it's so important to tap into the womb energy and and like relate to this unique area in our body as, as women that has culturally and historically been an area of of emotional and physical suffering and i feel uh, even though for example in my case i i have never experienced any kind of sexual abuse and i've been extremely lucky to have education and brought up in a loving family and etc I still have the pain for other women and for the stories on my ancestry that hasn't been like terrible abuses, but still like it affects my my experience of pleasure in general and most specifically of feminine pleasure because the womb is an open space, it's a space and and it's a the place where where life is formed. And this this openness, uh, to me, it connects with vulnerability, both in the positive, but also on the negative sense. So I am curious to know, well, everything about womb healing and pleasure. But to start with, how did you become like interested in the womb? Well, it was uh, the motherhood that opened my eyes. I had this, like uh, people call it awakening. For me, it was the start of the very deep journey into my core and meaning in the space of the womb, which I didn't know I uh, I ignored for so long. Uh, but when I uh, had my son 10 years ago, um, life put me in a very difficult situation and it was a big trauma around the birth of my son both physically i had a c-section and this is traumatizing too and then the situation i had in hospital in portugal that was a public hospital with a lot of nurses and all of them very demanding and etc et and then there was emotional trauma and, and um, psychological trauma that uh, uh, created an environment of discomfort and from that place of discomfort and pain I was pushed in a direction where I started to connect first with the shamanism. I was still in Portugal at the time and then further on after I moved to Norway in 2016 I, I was searching for other people and guides to to help me to support me because I was becoming more aware that actually I need to go deeper. I need to see what's there that I don't know and that I, I, I felt that there is need, a need of healing and support. Uh, and so from shamanism, uh, connecting with different women, that there were always women around me that were available for something to, to help me with something. Um, and by, 
I uh, building also um, a path into organizing women's circles because I was alone here with the kids. I didn't know almost anyone. I was also feeling the need to, to have support, to have a community around. From this, I started to connect with um, therapists. And uh, as I said, they, they are mainly women. And I, I work with them and I, uh, I got my own trainings in uh, family constellation and art therapy for two years. I finished in 2018 and then from, uh, no, I started in 2018 until uh, 2020. And then from uh, 2020 to 2022, I had another training in a special method that is dedicated to trauma therapy. And last year and this year, I also did some short courses with um, medicine women from Glastonbury, from near Glastonbury, but the course was there in OK, that works with the womb medicine uh, wheel, and she created her own methods and she teaches them. So slowly and progressively, uh, while I was doing my own journey into healing and getting uh, a therapeutical support, I started to build up actually a kind of secondary, let's call it career in into this uh, field of alternative therapies, having as a niche focus, the womb as a space, because it's a, a very complex reality is not only the physical womb, uh, which are our or, uh, sexual organs, the first and second chakras all together, right? The root and the sacral chakra but it's a very complex reality uh, at the psychological emotional and energetic point of view and as you said before when you started to speak about your ancestry and the traumas that you carry from that place this is not a joke it's a reality and it has been proven scientifically i have a scientific background in in the profession i have in parallel with what i'm developing in this uh, field of alternative therapies so I am very keen all the time to, to bring scientific um, proofs or arguments to anything I do or I can do. And there is this um, branch of epigenetics yes. that prove that trauma is inherited uh, from ancestral lineage, especially through the mother line. And they say it can go to the fourth generation back if you consider the first generation yourself and then the parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. But in reality, from what I could understand while working with people and with shamanistic tools and healing, I think it goes much farther, even to the seventh generation back. And there are so many ancestors behind that went to so many uh, situation of, um, of uh, traumatization that those traumas propagate and if we are not aware of what we carry with us uh, through our lifetime we can at a certain point due to other traumatic events that can happen to us we can actually um, uh, replicate to say like that things that already happen in our ancestral lineage and i speak about sickness and for women, the womb is especially important in this transmission of traumas because most of the heaviest emotion, anger, fear, grief, uh, shame, they all are stored in the womb space. And the womb, as you said, is a space to give birth, to give life and to create something, not necessarily only a child, also projects, ideas, uh, creative expressions. If we are traumatized and we carry this all the time, 
and we block this manifestation. And even the, the pleasure itself doesn't have the same intensity or magnitude. And in most of the cases, when also sexual uh, traumatization occur, women lose the contact with the womb and they don't experience any more pleasure. So everything is related. And um, it's not only the women who actually have a womb space. Uh, in my uh, spiritual name, that is Visirine Hara, I'm using a national word that is Hara, that means womb, but is the masculine uh, energy related to the womb space. Uh, because uh, um, I find myself in many situations to be, let's say, a little bit more into my masculine energy to make things happen. And Irini means peace. So I, I, I connected these two words and I made my own spiritual name, meaning a womb for peace. That's why I'm trying to support also other women to, to bring peace, but not only peace, also pressure, recognition, manifestation through the womb space. Uh, so men can have the imprint of the womb of the mother, and this space is called hara. Even if they don't have the sexual organs as we have as women, they have theirs, of course, they have their own functions. Uh, but at an energy level, they also carry something from the mother. Okay. So at the end, in a collective way, uh, independent if we are men or women by definition of, let's say, the sex, because now there is also a lot of polemics around the gender, but let's consider only based on the sexual organ itself as a definition of what is a man or a woman. Um, in a collective way, we all carry a womb. And in our womb as a woman, especially as we can procreate and give this um, chance to another being to come to life, uh, we store other the memories of other wombs because we've been in the womb of the mother while the mother was in the womb of her mother and while her, our grandmother was in the womb of her mother too. So it's like that I always, when I teach or I speak about this, I have that image of a matryoshka doll, you know, the Russian dolls yeah. that uh, there are five and they all fit smaller and smaller in one bigger doll. It's very similar. This is the image for the womb inside the womb inside the womb and how the pro the trauma or the inheritance from ancestral lineage propagates. I spoke too much, sorry. Because the image is so clear. Like, of course, I was in the womb of my mother and yeah. when my mother was, a was in the womb of my grandmother, she already had the eggs. She already had yes. my 50%. So I was already yes. 50% in the womb of my grandmother yeah. when when my mother was yes. forming so it's it's so it's like like a fractal and yeah and i mean like we are in a much better moment historically as women but yeah if you just look at the generation behind or the like when my mother was born women didn't have the right to vote in mexico which is like yeah. Come on, and and you look even back, and you don't want you don't even want to look. So, so it wouldn't surprise me that even the the people, the women, even the men that has been brought up by a relatively enlightened household, 
also carry some some kind of mind tra trauma. And I feel this is something very important. Like you don't need to be the victim of something horrendous. Yes. In order to to carry some some kind of difficulty or trauma that yeah. in this intimate area can affect the rest of the body. Because I mean the hara, the womb is right our at our center. So just my posture, if something happens to my center, my yeah. body resonates. Yes. And of course, and it's also because your body, especially that area, the pelvic bowl, is very much connected through the vagus nerve to all the other organs in the body and circulates around the body. It's like a tree. I don't know if you ever saw how many ramifications it has. And actually, that's why this nerve is very important when we also work with healing the womb, because all the processes or mechanisms that are trauma-based, like fight, fleet, uh, flight and or freeze modes in the body they are always manifested when trauma happens in the body in a way or another it depends on the person but the body will show itself signs of this mechanism along life if we start to pay attention to how body manifests and even during healing sessions i always notice that uh, women if they have special uh, energies of trauma stored in the womb or in the channel between the womb and the heart because I also work with massage and sometimes it happens to the armor or to, to sensibilize some areas that were affected. The, the body reacts because of this uh, presence of this nervous. And there are many exercises that can help us access. Uh, there are also somatic therapy, TRE and all sorts of things where we can train the nervous system, including this vagus nerve, to release these tensions and traumas from the body. But in healing session, the body itself will progress through this mechanism. And this is very interesting to, to notice because then you understand that the psychological trauma is very much and intimately connected with the body and how the body functions with the nervous system. So we always have to pay attention to both expression, both at psychological, emotional level, but also at the physical level because they are interconnected. And that leads us back to pleasure. <laughs> Why women don't feel enough pleasure or they say that, um, yeah, I, I had a few people, few women I work with, even now in the present, where um, there was a strong um, sexual traumatization and then the body completely shut down because it was too much. And then of course, it's very difficult to feed that pressure because something has been interrupted in the body and the, psychologically, the in many cases when there is sexual traumatization, especially if it happens in early childhood, the, the memory switch off so we don't remember, but the body will always keep that memory. And at a certain point will show, will manifest in a way or another. And it's very difficult to relate to this kind of events. But in, uh, in the case of trauma, if we speak about a trauma biography, according to this model uh, of Franz Rupert, that is identity-oriented psychotherapy, he speaks of four levels of traumatization. And all of us can have uh, the first two levels some people for some reason 
experience the third. And in few cases, which is really heavy, heavy traumatization, there is the fourth level. And the first two can happen very early in life where we don't have a conscious memory. It's before the third year of age. So it can happen at conception. It can happen during the pregnancy, at the labor moment when is the, the, the woman gives birth, uh, after this, and in the first three years of life. All this period, chronologically, most of us, we don't have a clear memory of it. If anything happens in this, and we are somehow uh, either negated the right to live, because the womb can also react to the presence of the life. It can say no, even if the mind wants it, the, the, the physicality can have something there that is already probably coming from behind that says, no, I don't want this child. And then there is a contradiction, but the child will, will fight for life. So there is already a split, which means traumatization and it's trauma of identity. And this trauma will be carried along life until the point when the person stops and starts to work with it. Then sometimes children are not wanted. They might be an accident, you know, many children are born because they just happened in families with other children, people didn't want more, but it just happened. Or um, children are given for adoptions because it's difficult to take care of a child or for other reasons. In the past, they were very frequent, this kind of situation. And this will impact again, and this will be the love trauma when the, the child feels is not wanted, is not seen, is not taken care. Even at birth, if a mother is heavily traumatized or has worries and anxiety and cannot connect emotionally with the child, this will create love trauma in the child and the child will... But even she is present physically and not emotionally, this can create trauma, it's psychological trauma. And then coping mechanisms are developed around life. And then further on, if it doesn't happen during childhood, uh, people can experience sexual traumatization in uh, early adulthood or later in life because there are already these two layers of traumatization that create vulnerability and fragility and lack of boundaries and that those persons will be easily and more frequently abused than those who were not suffering all this traumatization before, right? So these are the first three layers or levels and then when a child or a person is severely abused and continuously for many years, it can develop um, uh, a pattern or another layer that is the, the fourth layer of traumatization in the trauma biography, that is when the abuse becomes, uh, or the victim becomes an abuser, a perpetrator for other people. Because, and in many cases, this can lead to mental health issues through psychopathy or uh, schizophrenia or other uh, kind of um, uh, pathologies, right? Uh, but it can also happen in people that uh, superficially they seem to be or feel like they are normal, but then they uh, can abuse their children in verbally or physically, you know? They, um, they can abuse their co-workers by being all the time very conflictual or whatsoever. So there are many types of uh, expressing this fourth layer uh, because there is always an expression when you are traumatized. You are not in a self-regulated state of a calm 
nervous system, you are always triggered. You, there is always something that creates a state where you feel that either you are in danger or you have to, to protect or to fight back something, you know? So this is a little bit in, in a brief, this traumatography. In my research, as I mainly work with women since 2016, and I had actually even groups periodically uh, where we were working with this method with IOPT, I started to understand at a certain point that the first three layers, and of course the fourth is more exceptional, it doesn't happen all the time and not so severely for all people, of course, but the first three layers, they're all related with the womb. Because as I said, identity and love trauma, usually they happen very early in life when we are still very much uh, bonded and try, we try to bond with the mother presence, with the mother energy, with the mother also physically, because we need her for nutrition, we need her for warmth. Uh, and for example, I have this image now in my head that I think is very important also is related with pleasure because when the child comes out of the womb the outside can be a scary place and it's a, a colder space than inside the uterus but the first movement that the child does if it is allowed to be on the body of the mother is to go and search for her warmth and for the nipples where it will suck the milk and if this movement towards the mother that is the most natural and it's almost animalic because all the mammifers or all the animals that uh, are similar to humans or, you know, have this movement. If this is prevented or not allowed or just cut because the mother is sick or dies or whatever is happening even with the child, that is already a traumatization, a very big one for the child. And interestingly enough, they actually studied that this movement and the fact that the mother can breastfeed immediately after the act of birth creates not only a good bond between the mother and the, the child at a psychological level, but uh, releases hormones, among which also the hormones that they call it, I don't know if it's the oxytocin or other hormones that dopamine that that uh, make people feel good, feel pleasure, because the child is welcome and is uh, it uh, receives food that is so important, and the mother feels that she uh, she is in a place where she can provide to this, and is the most natural act of of uh, providing food for for the for the child. So um, yeah, there are many things to say about the act of birth, but as I said, is related with the womb with yeah. the nature of the womb and of the motherhood. If we negate this um, simple uh, act of connection between the newborn and the mother, we create a good premises for severe traumatization. And Definitely. fortunately enough, in many places now, they've started to reintroduce this practice because due to all these advances in technology and uh, all the practices they have around the childbirth, in many hospitals they prevented even in the past that this uh, reconnection happens uh, quickly after birth wow. without understanding how much this can actually affect uh, emotionally and psychologically and uh, energetically the, the newborn and the mother and their own capacity to, to create this bond that it's so important. Yeah, at a key moment, like the, the first moment in life, there's like this cut where you yes. want to connect with food 
with with your mom, with nurture, with the support. And it's the first relational connection in the world, like how you relate to other people and to the yes. world that nurtures is through the mother. And it's a matter of, of seconds, minutes. So important because it's also, like you say, um, an animalistic response, a mammalian thing yes. that, that trigger, triggers cascades of hormones and developmental patterns. And yeah, I I have the the story of of friends that were ready to give birth, and they were forced mm -hmm. to accept the anesthesia, even though they 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 arrived with five centimeters of dilation, di dilatation, and they were like, "I'm good to go," mm -hmm. and and the male doctor, the gynecologist, said like. Okay, if you're here to do what whatever you want, then then I'm gonna step out. And it's like, come on, like, okay, you are abandoning me, and you want to bypass what I know. It's my certainty on my body and my baby and my childbirth. So so the anesthesiology gets gets to justify his work to pay the monthly payment of his Mercedes Benz. It's like a tremendous act of violence. Yeah, but this is a very patriarchal mindset. That's yeah. why I'm saying that the technological advance of the gynecology and obstetrics introduced many practices that are only source of traumatization and then don't rely on the natural wisdom that the womb of the women has. Because a woman, as a mother, before gives birth, should be able to say, I want to give birth this way with that person that I Trust. Instead, we are sent to an hospital to people that most of the time we don't even know before, or we might know if we have a midwife that is already with us during the pregnancy, or a doula that can be there to support. But I mean, all these practices, the forceps, the C-section or the cesarean section, Being laid down, uh, even the epidural in some cases, because sometimes it's needed also, but not in all cases. And everything that... Um, creates a disconnection between the mother and the child during the, the labor and the, the natural act of giving birth, all these are sources of traumatization. And even the fact I had C-section, so I got traumatized and it was not an option because I was told by the doctor, which by the way was a lady in Portugal that was, I don't know, 10 years younger than me. So I don't even know how much practice she had. But she felt that for me it would have been safer to have a C-section as I was already at a certain age where it was considered a little bit more of risk. I had uh, 38 years. I was uh, 38 years old. And then my son was very big. So he had <laughs> a big head and a big body. And uh, uh, I had a huge belly also. So I didn't have an option to say, okay, I don't want this. She just recommended it as being the safest. And I say, okay, I will trust you. But the lucky thing was that I was programmed to go in a certain day to give birth and I was supposed to be third in the list and then my waters broke and I have to I had um, to go to emergency and they did the uh, anesthesia and C-section and I still recall that I could feel them working inside my belly but without pain because I was un un uh, under anesthesia and it felt very weird because my head and my mind was working but not feeling that side of the body where I knew that my son is there and is alive felt very weird. 
And then when they took him out, they show it me first, and then they cleaned him and wrapped him in some textile thing. And he was only brought to me on a side to, to put my chin close to his. And of course it was very emotional, but that was the only contact I had with him when, when he was taken out of the space suddenly into light while there it was complete darkness. So you can imagine the impact this just being taken out of that place that felt very safe because he didn't want to get out at a certain point. They had to force it, you know? Uh, and me not being able to connect fully with him because that was only what they allowed. I was in a surgery room. So they had to keep it clean, him and me. So the real, uh, let's say, bond started to be created, but with a lot of difficulties because I also had problems with breastfeeding and other things. Uh, after we, we were put in a, together in a bed and taken care for one day of surveillance in a kind of room, you know, that, that was the moment. But the first minute when he was supposed to be actually uh, going towards my um, breasts to be fed, that it was skipped. And now looking back, knowing what I know now, I still feel that I was abused because I didn't have even the option to say I want this or that. They just did whatever they want with me in that room. And I was aware what was happening, but part of my body was completely shut down. I couldn't feel it. So it's really interesting. But uh, uh, yeah, at that time, I didn't know I can say I maybe I can have something different or maybe I want that something is done in a different way in the whole process. And yeah. many women still, still do this. They don't they are not aware they can actually be in full control of their own birth process yeah. and they just need to inform themselves to, and have some have extra support. yeah like yes. like part of the patriarchal oppression is that we women have been taken away our voice and our say on our own body not body, only yes. our lives but our our own body like like no i i want my baby here and like you say like all these technology around childbirth has been mostly like masculinely created and when you think like how much does the baby weigh maybe sometimes four kilos three kilos they yeah, are mine was four and a one hundred four, <laughs> four and one hundred like they are small but they are big like like a watermelon heavy and i yeah. mean it's not the same to try to yeah. to push a four kilo cantaloupe out when you're lying like this yeah then when you're standing and have the weight going down like yes. like many indigenous women that yes. They, yes. they tie themselves with to a tree and they catch the baby because it's an instinctual yes. thing like yes. there weren't hospitals before of course yes. a, a lot of women died during childbirth a very difficult moment in life for yes women. this but, is also true yes. but but if we are alive it's because our great grand grand grandmothers made it somehow they made it and some of them may have been 14 years old 18 years old like yeah without any edu education like but like a closer connection to the sense of of the body and the womb and the power like 
no yes. no giraffe needs uh, a workshop on how to give birth to little giraffe like yeah. they just go for it because they have no other and it's not like we don't need an education actually we the education is fundamental but the the education on how the womb actually works and and even more how all yes. these little details and touch points are fundamental because they write in a way the foundations of a whole developmental story it's like it's it's your first minute being alive in this planet <laughs> and why, yes. why why wouldn't and it's extremely important for yeah why wouldn't you have a say of the first minute of your of your child because you're gonna bear yes. the responsibility of your baby your whole life but in the hospital like uh, there's like this this aggressive context and also culturally like your body before and after and losing weight or breastfeeding and the, like and and stretch marks and etc and i feel that it's so fundamental to reconnect back with the with the womb and the womb energy energy because we were we all have been inside the womb even if we don't have kids or even if men don't have a uterus they also have their hara or tandem and yes, yes. and i i am i am also curious about this space because i i know firsthand of stories of women that have had their greatest orgasms ever during childbirth which is yes like, it can be orgasmic yeah like scandalous but it can, be. It, it can be orgasmic and it's like wow yes. why 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 should we comply with the bible that says that you you should be in pain when you on labor of childbirth and yeah and also like this thing that well it, it has to do with sex because the baby got installed inside the, the womb sexually and the baby on natural childbirth go through through the same way through the same portal and that yes. that is something natural that is very conflicting for for certain morals and criteria that said no you have to be in pain so well there's not no much to do about that moment but there's a lot of, that we can do about the aftermath that is reconnecting after. and healing and healing our womb yes. to connect to pleasure so how, how is that process like how how did you <laughs> it's not less painful to be sure to be honest <laughs> the reconnection is most of the cases also painful but it is rewarding when we get through the pain on the other side of it you know how they say the only way out is to go through or within and unfortunately what i've noticed uh, when uh, when i start to speak about trauma and womb trauma this word trauma always uh, has a very um, 
dark and very heavy connotation for many women and it's normal because it is dark it is painful it has so many layers it's like a big onion when we start to peel it it's almost never ending but after many processes after working and understanding more and more of what we carry inside there is a light at the end of that tunnel and i i saw this light many other women saw it so we should be aware that working with trauma, although it seems something very scary, in reality, uh, we can find through this work something that guides us and keeps us confident that it, it pays off. Because it pays really, it's like you, a child when he's given uh, the possibility to choose between a candy and a lemon. If that child never tasted neither the kind candy or the lemon, he might like the yellow color and then it puts it in the mouth and then it's like sour or bitter and it's like, poof, I don't want this. And he rejects the candy because he doesn't know uh, how sweet it is. And it's more or less the same with the womb. Women can sometimes get scared by just the idea of I'm, I'm getting trauma therapy. Oh my God, this has to be something very, very spectacular, but in that negative sense, you know? because they might uh, think that it's something very sour all the time. And it is in the initial stages, once you get a little bit used with it. Uh, but then when you start to, to notice the healing processes that are occurring inside you after a while, you start to feel the sweetness. But the sweetness comes from that inner, um, how to call it, uh, an inner discovery that you are, and even your womb, as a, if you work with the womb, uh, you have inside a limitless, infinite possibilities to bring yourself to a whole, to be whole, to be fulfilled, to, to feel that bliss, that pleasure, that uh, orgasmic explosion or whatsoever in the body. Because one thing that I noticed is that uh, when women shut down from their womb space because of many reasons, they also block the channel between the womb and the heart. And when this channel is blocked or clogged, it's very difficult to recognize inside us as human beings, this need that we need to reconnect, we, we need to do something. We just continue to work and to live and even to have sex in a very automatic way where we expect that certain things will go this way all the time. And then we continue to replicate the same behavior, the same patterns, the same thoughts, the same expectations, the same failures. And we don't understand why. It's like sometimes people feel like I'm punished, I'm cursed because my ancestral lineage had so much abuse and whatsoever then I have to go on like this. But no, we can stop and we can reassess where we are, start all these processes of um, therapy and healing. And after a while, we will feel that we stabilize more, we become more aware. We start to block uh, in a certain way those hidden mechanisms that put us in a trigger mode all the time and that makes us react or um, accept behaviors from others that are not good for us or make choices that are not even ours. Because uh, there is like all this trauma work is about 
shedding light and gaining awareness about all that hidden that is inside the body, inside the psyche, at energetic level, but also in the whole family system. Because as I said, I work with the systemic constellation and we can work with systemic constellation also on, on traumas or with other methods and so on. But what is interesting is that based on the rules or basic laws of this uh, morphogenetic field that we work when we work with constellation, if we become aware of the traumas that our lineage, especially from the mother side, carries, we will start to notice repetitions, like the same number of children, similar um, illnesses or symptoms, like cancer many times is just a propagation of very much and long repressed anger or other deep uh, negative emotions. And they are accumulating in the womb from the womb to another womb. And then, yes, my grandmother had cancer, yeah, one day in life, if I don't work with my anger, I don't start to release it, I might develop too. And that people don't understand, but I've been cursed because she had it, I can have it too. And then they, they get in the opposite um, uh, situation where they start to fear so much that they can get sick, that uh, they will do everything just to not go there, but then they will always avoid to work on that anger. That is the cause of everything, you know? So there are so many aspects that have to be considered, but the, the initial step is to understand that all the answers are inside us. I will always say all the answers are inside the womb, especially when I speak with women. Don't be afraid to go there and explore the darkness, to explore the shadows. Yes. Because then when you start to shed light, they are not so scary anymore. They start to be even less heavy and painful at a certain point because you recognize them you face and accept them and then the healing process starts and it takes a while until you stabilize because all the processes as you speak as you you can deal with very big traumas and overlapping traumas they require energy to get back from the split all those fragments right and the mountain energy can be very big so sometimes people only start their true therapy or trauma therapy when they arrive at the point where they are very sick or they are very uh, like overwhelmed or burn out. So in the extreme situation of life where there is no, uh, how to say, uh, it's almost like I'm in a very critical situation. I need to do something like almost despair. And then they start to understand, yes, this something is actually going inside, working with what I carry there. And it can be scary at the beginning. It can be overwhelming. And of course, it's painful because you get back all those emotions that you already felt when the traumatic event happened. But it always compensates. After a while, when you start to stabilize those energies, um, you start to recover self-esteem, a sense of um, completeness or wholeness. You start to feel more confident and more uh, worthy of love and of having pleasure you start to put your boundaries in a way that is healthy without being aggressive or without uh, uh, accepting anything for, from the others just to, for the sake of uh, being accepted or um, being seen and you start to make your own choices not the choices that other people told you you should make yeah or the same including the fact that you can choose to go to more therapy than you did before <laughs> yes yeah, to go through the whole journey 
until you arrive to mm -hmm. the light at the end of the tunnel, to the light that is at the yes. end. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So here it's not by night that it happens, no. but it can happen at a certain point. It can happen. So what what would be like a first step, uh, uh, a little practice or exercise in order to feel more worthy of pleasure by healing the womb? Well, I think one, uh, one practice that for me, it was an eye-opening. And uh, I started two or three years ago. I was in a retreat. Uh, in uh, Belgium with other 13 ladies and it was about working with shadow uh, sister wound and mother wound I think at the time and they offer us in the program of the retreat uh, yoni steaming you know yeah. the herbal yeah. infusion with the steam that goes inside the vagina through the vagina inside the uterus and for me that was when I actually it was the first time I mean I was used with orgasmic experiences of course but it was the first time when the orgasmic experience was running around my body on my skin. It was like a full body orgasmic experience just because that steam with the herbs, of course, of ecological herbs, entered and it was a ceremony. So we added a spiritual dimension to it in a sacred space that was created by all these other wombs or the other women. I, I cannot describe it, but it was like for the very first time, it was like almost touching inside my womb and having a really orgasmic experience, so much pleasure and feeling really intimate with the space that I was probably uh, not even aware I have. And that sensation was really surprising. And since then, I regularly do this kind of treatment because it also supports the well-being, the physical cleansing of the womb from inside. It tonifies the tissues that you have inside. But on spiritual level, if you do it like a ritualic practice, if you're combining with singing and chanting, and this helps open more this channel I was speaking about between heart and the womb and the throat, because the throat is very much related with the womb too. Yeah. The way we express our voice, how much strength and uh, intensity we have in our voice, much about how much uh, clearing we did to the, the womb space because the anatomy of the throat and of the genital organs is very similar yes of the genital or whole whole womb so that was for me really beautiful and since then of course i have other practices but this for women i think it's something that actually helps you connect in such an intimate way and experience this opening of the womb like something that is actually pleasurable yes. and you don't have to make so much effort you just sit on the chair or whatever you sit exposed to that steam and it works on so many levels psychological emotional energetic and physical of course and is a healing tool a healing practice i always recommend this practice among others to all women who for example come to have a womb session with me because it complements very well what is happening during the session yes. uh, but one way is also to get to know ourselves just by simple touching ourselves and learning to to do it in a way that feels sacred to discover that place in ourselves that for many centuries have been actually um, 
women, as you said, have been banned from pleasure. They they are not supposed to feel pleasure. Actually, the sexual act for even by the church was uh, seen as something impure. You only do it to procreate, not for pleasure, right? And in many cultures nowadays, I mean, there is genital mutilation. So women since childhood that are actually forbidden to have pleasure because they are mutilated. And this is not normal. So just by simply touching ourselves in the, this most intimate place and understanding which part of our body is um, uh, erotic uh, through erotic touch doesn't have to be like, you know, masturbation or something very <laughs> uh, extreme to say like that. But just by gentle touch to understand our body, our anatomy, what are the points where we feel pleasure? What are the points that are tensed and that need relaxation? Because as I said, the whole anatomy of this uh, sacred space that is the womb holds a lot of traumas, holds a lot of blockages. And by exploring the, this, it's like you don't need to go to a tantric hour to, to really very weird therapy or sexology to understand how you work, how your body works, to become intimate with it. Yes, It's a, a way of, I mean, it's your instrument. It's your procreation and um, expressive instrument for anything that is, legated, uh, is uh, related with your capacity to create something in this world. So it shouldn't be something to be stiff and tensed and not explored, on the contrary. And um, I was thinking lately that at a certain point, maybe when I will have a little bit more time, I would like to propose a workshop to women where we could explore this erotic touch, very simple, using the elements. Because in shamanic tradition, we work with elements, with um, air, water, earth, fire, ether. And we can create a whole uh, practice where we discover to everything that symbolizes each element, the erotic touch, the erotic pleasure inside and outside the body. And this is nothing that we actually need to be taught because our grandmothers and those before them, they already had this connection with nature. All these elements represent the outer nature, but we can find a way to bring the outer nature to ourselves and explore it inside the body or on the body, on the surface. Yes. At uh, least I think it would be something very fun to experience. Yeah. I never did, but I had in mind for a while that one yeah. day I would do it. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. So I, I, I vote yeah. for Irina doing yeah. a, an erotic touch with the elements workshop. Yeah. So how can we be in touch with you? So, so we know about that workshop and we can learn more about your current yeah work like your facebook womb tent i like a lot the yeah i i have several womb. groups on facebook and also page so the page is where i usually put the events and it's called womb circle um uh, dash uh, uh seeds of light and wisdom and all the events i organize where there is a participation either in presence or online are usually displayed there but then who wants to subscribe to my newsletter? I have a website. So subscribing to the newsletter periodically as much as I can when I have something new to, to share, I send newsletters and uh, to my subscribers. And the website is very simple. It's www.palomablanca.ro. 
Paloma Blanca. On the website, Paloma Blanca, yeah. <laughs> this was based on a dream I had once where I was sitting in a circle with a man and a woman and we were singing Paloma Blanca for some reason. And then it became the name of my website. Beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah. And I uh, have description of all the tools I have and how I use them and even testimonials. And I have some resources that can be read. It's an interesting uh, text that uh, anyone can read um, in her creative projects is uh, about... Um, uh, womb trauma. So I wrote a text that is my final thesis for this IOPT training, uh, where I actually bring um, resources from different books that Franz Rupert wrote and other authors that speak about trauma and uh, transgenerational trauma with some case studies. So it's interesting to, to read about. It's mainly based on the women reality, but is focused on the womb. And then I have a whole handbook of rituals of the moon, oh. of womb rituals. So uh, I give suggestion of how to create rituals for new moon and full moon each month of the year. Mm -hmm. And then I also wrote a personal story that is my own journey into healing that who wants to read is a kind of short uh, novel uh, inspired from my own experience where I explain a little bit what I went through while I was doing all these processes of um, therapy and healing. So there are many resources on this uh, website and uh, people can connect uh, from the website. You can connect on Facebook or even on YouTube. I also have a channel where sometimes I uh, upload um, uh, meditations or readings. I lately have a very interesting series of readings for new moon and full moon that is called uh, dragon readings because I, uh, I propose a reading from the perspective of the dragon energy because, for example, the womb, when the womb is cleared and healed, it has a powerful dragon energy around it. And this comes from some books and some um, methods of womb healing that also have been developed by other people. So there is a very interesting reality to explore around the womb. It's quite metaphysically to a certain extent if we want to go really deeper and uh, we can refer it also to mythology and to many other things. But maybe not this time. <laughs> well, to be continued. Yeah. In the meantime, yes. in the meantime, let's go all download the guide to practice on with the moon cycles because yes, that is interesting. Yeah, and flow. So, Sancho, Irini, such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for Thank sharing you. all this wisdom and and also for transmitting with us this this tender power of of the womb because i i can feel i can feel you and and i can feel how how i connect with with this sensation and i hope the sensualist too sensualist let's go all to palomablanca.ro <laughs> and get this palomablanca.ro <laughs> and and get this this guide and connect with her through her newsletter until next time remember to take the time to sense your fire so you can share the flame and if you haven't subscribed already to the essential sessions podcast please go to www.centrodepoder.com and get yourself signed up so you get these episodes delivered on your inbox weekly catch you next